Hi, and welcome to the first podcast episode of Palm Beach Wealth Consulting Services Team at UBS Financial Services, Inc. in West Palm Beach. My name is Mary Galemo, and I'm a financial advisor on our team. Today, I have with me John Castronuovo, a private wealth advisor and one of the senior members on our team. Hey, John. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. As we get into the episode today, we're going to touch on why we started this podcast, what it is that we do, let you get to know our team a little bit better, and what you can expect from future episodes. All right, let's get started. Hi, I'm John Castronovo. I am a private wealth advisor at UBS. I've been in the financial industry for over 36 years and have been with UBS over 15 years. In addition to being a private wealth advisor with the UBS, I'm a certified financial planner. I'm a certified exit planning advisor and a chartered advisor in philanthropy. Thanks, John. Before we get into some of the business side, let's get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Have some fun. <laughs> so outside of work as a private wealth advisor, how do you like to spend your time? I very much enjoy music. I play guitar. I've played guitar since, I don't know, it was in the second or third grade. Jazz is my favorite type of music, so I like to do that. And I'm more a, a leisure guitarist, meaning that I like to play just, you know, in my office at home and, and just kind of pluck out some songs that way. But that's my one of my ways to relax. I love being outside. We try to spend a lot of time outside. Uh, wish I could play more golf. Wish I was better at golf. But that's also something I, uh, that I, we spend time doing. And we like to travel, my wife and I. And, uh, and in addition to our five kids, we have a grandson. So we like to see him often and spend time with family. Oh, I love that. Thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit better. So back to you playing the guitar. I just have a couple questions. So you said you learned, how old were you when you learned to play the guitar? Well, I first started playing when I was like seven. But it was one of these things where I probably was too young to start learning and the interest quickly went away. But then I picked it back up when I was around, I don't know, 11 or 12 years old. Okay. So was it like family members had played music as well, or you just saw guitar and like, this is it? Well, I had had an uncle who passed away fairly young, but he was a a guitarist. He was a professional guitarist. When I was little, I always admired him. And I think my parents noticed that. So it was my father that went out and bought me my first guitar. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. All right. So did you grow up wanting to be a private wealth advisor? No. I grew up wanting to be a professional baseball player. (laughs) <laughs> but I quickly learned that that probably was not going to happen. So I needed to to look otherwise. But I would say my career path kind of led me this way. I always liked the financial industry and financial markets. But, you know, gradually over time, starting in commercial banking actually is where I started, led me into eventually going into the wealth management arena and wealth advising. Okay. So do you want to expand a little bit for our listeners on your path throughout the business? So once you were kind of in the financial industry, on the banking side, as you said, where you started and then how you ended up at UBS? I started in a training program with a regional commercial bank and uh, went through their management training program. That led to, you know, back then, um, commercial bank branches really did just about everything. So lending and not just taking deposits and work with commercial clients and then focused that expertise on becoming a commercial banker. 
So working strictly with business owners and helping them access capital mainly through, you know, borrowings through the bank. But then along the way, after about doing that for 10 or 11 years, I went ahead and transitioned into wealth management with a financial institution and did that for about, I think, about eight or nine years prior to coming to UBS 15 years ago. All right. So we're going to touch now a little bit on our team here at UBS. So my question for you is, where do you think our team excels or what sets us apart from another team? I think one of the things that sets us apart is we are a group of six people that complement each other in terms of our experience and our backgrounds. And while we all work within the same business and industry, obviously, and for the same firm, our paths kind of are all different in how we got here. And I think the difference in those paths is the complement of experience that we bring to the client. You know, an example would be, you know, we've talked a little bit about my background and that it really comes from a commercial bank background and working with business owners. Robert's background is more coming through the broker-dealer side, starting as a, a true financial advisor and, you know, actually talking to clients about bonds and that type of thing. I mean, that was his initial first experience. And it does give you a different perspective. And I think the difference in those perspectives is enables us to to bring that to the client and really look at matters in multiple ways for a client and with the client. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I know you and Robert, as you had said, had different ways you came up in the business. And I think having two people being able to really encompass all sides of the business between you two has been really beneficial for our clients. And even just conversations on our team when it's just internal and we're talking about, you know, whether it's estate planning or next best steps, I think that has really helped our conversations too internally. And going beyond my experience and Robert's experience, I, when you look at you know Dina Lictro on our team, who's worked with Robert and I really for the entire time that we've both been at UBS. But it, you know Dina's experience is she really has the longest tenure with UBS as a firm total of all of us. But having worked up in New York as well as down here and work on a trading floor, she brings a perspective as relationship manager in working with our clients that she really understands the the total backroom function of not just UBS, but the our business and the financial services industry. She really has that great background. She's complimented by Terry Smith, who has a number of years in the business, almost equal to Dina's experience, but you know has worked at a few different firms and with a, a few different teams within this business. So again, varied experience. And, and then we have Tim Smith, who you know, Tim, actually, his background started with bonds and, and doing bonds with clients. But of course, that's expanded like it has for all of us. And Tim's knowledge and depth and the types of clients that he works with really adds more depth to the team in terms of what we bring to a client. And I think, you know, back to your original question is what, you know, what sets us apart. So it's, that's part of it. The other piece would be, you know, how we take the firm we're with, UBS, is, is a great firm, obviously a global financial firm. We have a lot of areas to choose from, and it's our responsibility to bring that to the client and bring it properly to the client. We're not going to go ahead and just throw stuff at a client 
And that's not our job. I mean, our job as advisors for the client is really to first and foremost listen to our client and then bring to the client the best solutions that we have within the firm. And I really do believe, and I think everybody else on our team would echo this, is is working at UBS. We have access to really a total complement of products and services that we can bring to the client to meet their needs. And I think it's that approach that we take with the client and you know, listening and really keeping it as big of an organization as UBS is, you really have to keep it as simple and concise for the client as possible. I mean, that's what they're looking for us to do. And that's what we do. I think that's a great way to summarize all of that. I think being able to have the big platform we do as UBS, but still have the boutique feel that our team is able to provide the clients is definitely one of the strengths of our team. And I love how you were able to speak on Dina and Terry and Tim, and I can give a little background on myself. So yes, I, we can't forget about you. <laughs> we could, but where's the fun in that? And so I came up through the trust and wealth management side with a degree specifically in trust and where I was previously was heavily focused on that trust side, which I think was a great way to come up in the business because it let me focus on the bigger picture, usually with generational wealth clients, and then generation one, two, and three, and making space for the conversations with those generations on what it looks like when you tell you know your kids or your grandkids about your wealth or your wealth level and helping facilitate those conversations. But beyond that, with generation two and three, explaining what a trust meant, how to help budget their money, it was a really interesting way to come up on the business. And now being over on this side, focused more on investments and advising in general. And now being at UBS on the investment side and helping clients understand their overall picture of not only their wealth, but then how we can help them put their money to work and help their money grow for generations to come. And obviously mentoring under you and Robert uh, is a, was a great opportunity for me. Yes. And we're extremely happy to have Mary on our team. And the other perspective that Mary brings, you know, where we're talking about the variation of perspectives that we all bring to the team is that, Well, as long as Robert and I have been in the business, you also realize that the types of clients that we're dealing with, ultra high net worth clients and family offices, there's multiple generations and you you touched on this. And those generations, those future generations and those, you know, second and third generations that are there now that are looking for that direction are going to want longevity on the team, are going to want somebody that's going to be able to continue to walk with them. And, you know, while Robert and I aren't planning on going anywhere, you know, having the depth of experience and having somebody on the team that really can relate to that second and third generation is a big plus for us. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here and on our team. All right. Next question. What inspired you to start this podcast? Good question. Is it what inspired me to do it is, you know, having listened to other podcasts, not, not just within UBS, not just with financial services related, but podcasts in general, is a great vehicle for people to learn, not just to learn about subject matter, but to learn about other individuals and to get a little more in depth. And I think, especially in our business and in meeting with clients and, you know, identifying new clients and as uh, new clients identify us, it really 
it comes down to a comfort level. And yes, we can talk about experience, we can talk about background, and that's all very important. But I think really one of the things is that clients want to know, individuals want to know, families want to know, the people that they're dealing with, how comfortable they're going to be. And I think this is a way of us reaching out to our clients, to our prospective clients, and really getting to know us as well as bringing information to individuals and families and, and clients in, in terms of what we do on a daily basis. I think that's a, a great way to put it. I know when we had discussed possibly starting this podcast, um, it was definitely different than anything that the team has been able to deliver in the past. And I think podcasts have grown you know, a much bigger audience in the past few years. And it's a great way for people on, you know, short drives or whether you're at home or going for a walk to just listen in and and tune out and listen to other people for a while. And I think it's so important, as you said, not only for our current clients to kind of get to know us a little bit better, but for prospective clients to be able to, you know, put a voice behind someone they may have seen on, you know, whether that's an ad or our, our website or a referral and just be able to really get to know us better and know what we're about, what we stand for, and kind of where maybe our specialties lie mm-hmm. too. I think that the podcast can also help reach those generation two and generation three that we were discussing earlier. I know podcasts are like just very popular with those generations right now. Um, and I think the biggest piece in our industry with those generations is helping to educate whether it's on a baseline level or when once we get into further details, the education piece for those generations is really valuable. And it's easy for them to tune in and listen to a podcast and feel no pressure because all we're doing is speaking to our audience and they don't have to be prepared with questions, you know, or even be a part of the conversation. They can really just listen in and, you know, receive education on any topic they're looking for, which I think is really beneficial for those generations. Yes. Is there a target market or is there an audience that you're hoping this podcast could reach? Yes. The clients we serve, the types that, you know, in, individuals, families, ultra high net worth, you know, and what, what does that term mean? I mean, we focus on clients and prospective clients that whose balance sheet is, you know, typically I would say 15, $20 million in assets, but those assets aren't just targeting investable assets. I think our greatest success comes when we meet with clients and meet them early on enough in their financial lives that maybe these assets are investable assets. They could be totally concentrated in a business. Those clients are looking for financial advice as well as any other client that we may be come in contact with. And we really, again, getting back to the tools that we have availability to, we can work with those clients along with our planning teams and and the resources we have within UBS to help them plan long-term for those assets. And I I think, you know, everybody is looking for the best advice that they can get. And we want to be able to be in a position to deliver that without worrying about what the structure of a client's assets are. I think that's really great that you touched on because I think sometimes clients or prospective clients in a position where most of their money is, you know, held up within a business, don't think that 
you know, maybe I, maybe it's not the time for me to receive financial advice because I haven't necessarily had, you know, the big liquidity event or a ton of money to put to work on the investing side yet, but there is still so much we can provide those clients. So I think that was really great mm-hmm. to touch on that. And even, especially for business owners, and I'm sure as, as we're talking about this, this will probably be a topic that we'll go into on a future podcast, but you know, for business owners, especially privately held businesses, it's, you don't go out and get your business valued every day. I mean, the stock market for investors and for the companies that are public values that company on a daily minute by minute basis while the market's open. You know, that doesn't happen to a private business owner and and certainly a private business owner isn't going to go out and pay for evaluation on a daily or even monthly basis. And a lot of times, you know, while business owners may think or believe they know what their business is worth, a lot of times that might not be accurate and, and it could definitely be much more than what they know. And there's so many other, you know, topics or areas to go into around that valuation that if it is worth more than they than think it is, should they be exploring doing something with that value in terms of their long-term planning and how to address that? So it really does lead you down a path that you want the assistance of somebody who's been there before, has the professional acumen to go ahead and guide them and lead them down. And it's one of the things that we do for clients. That's a really great point. And back to what we said earlier, again, about, you know, generational wealth and these Gen 2s and Gen 3s that are slowly coming into the money or have either received or coming into their wealth transfer. Again, I think this podcast is really great for them as well, just to have these conversations on the education side and get to know us. And it's a very comfortable, easy, pain-free way to do it. What is the biggest challenge you're facing in this industry right now, and how are you tackling it? I would say the biggest challenge is, and I think we do this well, but I would say the biggest challenge is making sure that our clients obviously know what is going on in the markets at any given time. And we definitely have seen a lot of volatility within the last, you know, six months, 12 months, you know, go back probably even further than that. And I think the biggest challenge in this business is always making sure that you are communicating effectively with your clients. And we do not take our relationships with our clients for granted. You know, we make sure it is as important to us from the amount of time that we spend bringing a client in to two, three years, four years, five years, whatever, into a relationship to maintain the communication, the effort, of meeting with the client, reviewing to, to doing that. That is extremely important to us. I know it's important to our clients. So I think the, the greatest challenge is and will always be is making sure that we are effectively and efficiently and sufficiently communicating with our clients. Yeah, and to echo that, I know watching firsthand, because ever since I've been on the team, it has been, you know, the more volatile markets, kind of as you discussed, and watching firsthand how you and Robert are constantly picking up the phone to check in on our clients and continuing to schedule those quarterly meetings, even when, you know, it's not as easy as a conversation as maybe in years past, and being able to watch just how much it means to the client and allowing them to have the space for the sometimes difficult conversations definitely goes a long way. So I think you guys do a great job of that. It's important to 
that we, when we do follow up with our clients, these periodic reviews and check-ins, whatever, it's not just about, you know, kind of reviewing what has occurred in the last quarter or whatever that is, whether it's specific to the portfolio or the markets in general, but clients also want, and we do deliver in terms of what, what's the outlook? What does UBS see has the outlook? And we make sure that we communicate that to the clients. And, and again, the firm, the depth of research that comes from the firm and the firm is always very clear on what our market outlook is. And we want to make sure that is communicated to the clients because that's driving how we're managing our clients' assets. All right. So as we head into the end of this, what would you say listeners can expect from us in episodes to come? An expansion of some of the things we talked about, we touched on. I would, you know, going more in depth into, you know, what we do for our clients. And when we have a client, what we focus on, what's important. But we also want to make these podcasts not just about, you know, all the specialty areas that we focus on with our clients, with individuals, business owners, uh, families, family offices, but really bring in not just other people from UBS because our team goes way beyond the six people that are on this team. We have an extended team that includes our advanced planning group. It includes our lending and, and banking group, all the other areas that support us and what we do and support our clients and, and what their expertise is. But we also want to bring in you know, experts on topics that are relevant to our clients. And at the same time, help all of you, the listeners on the podcast, get to know us better, not just from a perspective of what our, our experience is and what our uh, professional talents are, but who we are as individuals and just get to know us better and maybe spend some time talking about you know different leisure things, whether we expand on the topic of music and, and how that relates to other things or we talk about what you know Robert's interests are outside of the firm and expand on that because we have commonality with our clients in some of our outside areas of interest. So we want to be able to share that. All right. And before we completely wrap up, I'm going to ask you one oddball question just okay. to end on a light note. Okay. So as we're heading into the holidays, what would be one family tradition that you do every year at Christmas or that you did as a child that is your favorite tradition around Christmas time? I would say... One of the traditions we have is that with our children, when they were younger, they're all adults now, but when they were younger, we'd have like a bassinet or whatever, a wooden one, but then we'd have a bale of hay and or straw, I should say, because for those that you know celebrate Christmas and follow the Christian tradition, we know that the basis of Christmas is the birth of Jesus, So, and that Jesus was in a, a manger with a bale of hay or straw. So we, t you know, every time, you know, during this Christmas season, if when any of our children would do something, a good deed or do something nice for somebody else, they could take a, a piece of straw and put it in that, that bassinet. So that hopefully by the time Christmas comes, Christmas Day comes, it's filled up with straw. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've never even heard of that one. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more question. Okay. If you had to live off of one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> well, this probably get, gets to my Itali Italian heritage, but it would definitely be an Italian meal because uh, having been raised on that and continuing to eat that type of food, that definitely is my favorite food. But I would say, so 
But one meal specifically, mm-hmm. I would say a combination of a little pasta with some good tomato sauce. And every once in a while, I'll throw in uh, eggplant rollatini. And oh, I'm good. I love it. Yeah. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening to our first episode of the Palm Beach Wealth Consulting Podcast. And thank you, John. And thank you, Mary. Well, thank you for listening to our first episode of the Palm Beach Wealth Consulting Services Team Podcast. And thank you, John. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy.